Welcome to the Social Pod, a podcast brought to you by Socknet 98, a network of universities sharing the common interest for social work in an international perspective. Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Social Pod. Today, we're going to have a dialogue between myself, Knut Seiler, an associate professor in mental health care from the University of Southeastern Norway, and Jeppe Ode. Associate Professor in uh, Mental Health Care, also at the University of South Eastern Norway. And as our point of departure for this dialogue, we will start off by discussing what some people call a crisis in psychiatry. What is a mental health problem? What is mental health? What do people who experience mental health issues need? crisis in psychiatry. What is that all about, Jeppe? I guess in the first instance, it's it's a very difficult uh, question to, to answer. But, uh, but I guess that um, it's a it's it's a crisis that mirrors uh, a number of power struggles between different actors in mental health. Uh, but equally as important, it is also a, a matter or a crisis that mirrors different insistencies between different notions of mental health or mental health problems or the disorder or distress or whatever you might call it. So it's a, it's a broader discussion about the basic categories in mental health, I guess. And if we go to a quite well-known sociologist and author Nicholas Rost, he argues that there is no one psychiatry. Psychiatry is heterogeneous with many different and sometimes incompatible conceptions of mental disorder, many different treatment practices. What does that mean? Because I have a background in psychiatry but it's not that easy, is it? There's always struggles and different perceptions. Indeed, there is. And I suppose if you just look at this crisis from a, from a disciplinary angle, um, it, it very quickly becomes clear that uh, psychologists, uh, sort of generally speaking, seem to abide to uh, to different notions, or at least very often apply to different notions of the so-called mental disorder um, than, for example, psychiatrists or social workers or nurses, for that matter, uh, do. So we have this sort of interdisciplinary landscape uh, in which different actors or different disciplinary groupings tend to abide to different notions of a core category. Um, so we see these kinds of sort of theoretical struggles about um, this concept that in some sense guides uh, what should be done and how we deal with mental disorders, more broadly speaking. Yeah, and I'm a nurse myself and 
one of the things I think I've learned is I often compare theoretic, theoretical perspectives, perceptions of mental health with kind of glasses. Where I, when I wear sunglasses, I see different things. So maybe a so sociologist sees other things than myself. But he argues, Nicholas Rose, that even psychiatrists who often are considered biological, their understanding and diagnosing and way of treating disorders are quite different. Why is that, you think? Well, I, I guess that the point he's trying to make, um, at least insofar I'm correct in my, real, in my way of reading him, I guess the point he's trying to make is that um, that psychiatrists, psychologists, nurses, etc., those who practice in the front line of mental health, um, very rarely um, rely on so-called pure perspectives and positions. They tend to to have a more blurred conception of what disorders or mental health problems might be, uh, not because they are necessarily theoretical and concise, but because they have to abide to different notions to, in order to provide coherent, timely, accurate help to the individual. So I guess the debate um, is a more idealized debate really, and the crisis uh, is an idealized crisis because most practitioners, according to Rose, might in fact um, use a, a, a very broad uh, set of conceptual tools to diagnose and to treat people uh, in individual cases. And one thing that fascinates me at least, that's the fact that no matter what kind of stance you take, what you meet are fellow human beings. And this also uh, is connected in my mind at least to what you consider a human being to be. And some people would say that mental health problems is a brain disease, for example. What's your reaction to that? Well, insofar that um, the, the notions of mental health problems or disorders or distress um, is attached to sort of the broader history of ideas um, and different ways of viewing uh, <laughs> the very idea of man. Uh, I guess you're right. Um, this, this crisis does uh, tend to echo or at least or mirror a, a broader history of ideas um, in at least in, in, in Western uh, industrialized contexts. So um, there's really sort of important and deeply rooted ideas at stake in this debate. Um, things that might even <laughs> make it uh, impossible or at least very difficult to reach uh, consensus. And all of these battles, why do we need to battle? 
Well, I'm not sure I can come up with an accurate answer to that question, but but I have a a very brief narrative that, at least to me, suggests that suggests why. Um, a good colleague of mine, who is now a retired professor, um, he argued at some point that uh, as a clinical um, a psychologist, he he would have to carry around a very large theoretical toolbox because he would not he couldn't in advance say um, or determine the nature of the individual's problems so in order to actually provide help that was meaningful and accurate in in each uh, individual case in his clinical work he would have to to be good enough to actually pull out uh, different concepts and ideas to accurately grasp what was at stake for the individual rather than sort of paradigmatic, paradigmatically abide to, say, for example, uh, biological psychiatry, that perspective, or neuro-cognitive psychology, or a third one. So I guess that he argued uh, in, this, in his narrative that that he would have to be a, a bricolage type of clinician that abided to so many different perspectives and he didn't really, uh, he wasn't religious about it, um, is a way of, of, of saying that we need to be theoretically uh, well equipped to, to, to actually provide help. And would you agree that some to some extent, our education, our way of being socialized into different ways of perceiving mental health issues uh, will re reflect in our par uh, practices? Certainly. Um, um, being educated and socialized into a, a uh, or school for that matter, into a certain discipline as it also involves uh, being unlearning other stuff. So you, you're sort of focusing in each, across different disciplines, you're focusing on different aspects of, of mental health problems. Say, for, for instance, in, in psychology, in, in psychiatry, in nursing, social work, etc., etc. So I guess the stances you take uh, highly depend on uh, your educational background, but but of course, but clearly, it's more complicated than that because we also see tendencies to to that sort of age, gender, class, uh, uh, also uh, also work as determining factors, in 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 the sense uh, that practitioners tend to abide to different. Know, perspectives. So one thing that might be important is being critical, try to reflect on what you're part of yourself and the practice you're a part of and the kind of education you've been or the things you've been taught and be open to other perspectives. For instance, for a social worker, uh, would 
perceive a situation different than a nurse? Well, well, absolutely. But but I guess some practitioners might um, might find it somewhat easier to um, to stay what some people would articulate as open minded towards other perspectives and others. Um, and if you if you use a, a concept from from discourse theory, you could argue that some uh, some perspectives have a more closed discourse around uh, mental health problems. Uh, it's, it is, for example, well known that the, uh, the biomedical discourse um, is somewhat more closed and less open to other perspectives than, for instance, uh, existentialism and uh, recovery-oriented care or, or, or different notions of, of, of what problems uh, might be. And if we go back to Nicholas Rose, and I guess this isn't his thoughts alone, but one important thing and one great battle, at least in my mind, has been diagnosis and the use of diagnosis and how important they seemingly are. And you referred to the Western world. I'm not sure I have a clear conception of where that is or exactly what it is but i think and i believe that diagnosis and the use of them the importance of them is quite great in the western world why is that do you think well if in literature at least and, and again we've seen a number of scholars uh, considering this issue for quite a few years now, um, at least for the last decade. Um, and one of these scholars have been uh, uh, Nicholas Rose. Um, and um, but we've in the Nordic region, we've also seen scholars like uh, this psychologist, uh, professor of psychology, uh, Sven Brinkman, and uh, uh, the social professor and sociologist, uh, Anos Peterson, uh, who have argued that that, that yes, diagnosis might have a, a, of course, a clinical relevance, absolutely, and that they might uh, reflect uh, pathologies in the individual, that might be, but they at the same time also reflect um, uh, broader societal uh, tendencies. In fact, uh, Peterson have argued that, that it's sort of the, uh, the negative side of um, of, of, of sort of uh, the virtues in contemporary society. So, um, so it very easily, um, it, it should be very easy to see that, that, that diagnoses are, are deeply rooted and our, 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 our view of diagnoses in, in psychiatry uh, is deeply rooted in, in, in history. And in our material surroundings, in the ideologies of contemporary society, um, so so and, and rather than being independent, rather than being um, just uh, biological truths uh, in their own rights, so to speak. And depending on what direction or where you stand, I guess the solution, if there is a solution, but the way out 
or how to get support, how to recover, will be different depending on where you stand. Indeed, <laughs> it's these sort of sort of participatory approaches, like for instance, recovery. Or you could name quite a few uh, participation, empowerment, uh, patient and public involvement, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. These uh, these names, but but recovery is is uh, uh, the nature of recovery is a quite hotly debated issue in mental health and has been for also at least a decade. Um, and if we uh, go back to some of the early debates, um, a, a, the, the American professor, Larry Davidson, who is a professor at Yale, uh, has argued that the very notion of recovery um, uh, can be uh, identified at the very uh, onset of clinical psychiatry as we know it. Uh, but that the concept has evolved and developed and re-emerged in a number of diff different guises uh, over the years. Um, and, and, and so many different people have tried to, to categorize, uh, and I'm tempted to say diagnose, uh, the nature of recovery uh, since then. For instance, we've seen uh, the British professor, uh, Mike Slade, uh, having sort of categorized uh, different notions of, uh, of recovery. Um, and he talks about clinical recovery and, and personal recovery. Um, and these ideas certainly, ha are, certainly have roots, theoretical roots and ideological roots in, in quite uh, different views of good psychiatry, good mental health care. So you could almost say there are recovery field has its own battles. Indeed, I, I think the, the the struggle over recovery um, at the conceptual level and at the political level, um, I, I think that in great many ways it, it sort of mirrors some of the broader power struggles and conceptual discussions and debates in the field. But it but it 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 certainly has its sort of uh, you can consider it uh, this debate on recovery uh, and this, the, the very question of what is recovery at all. Uh, you can consider that, that in its own in its own right, I suppose. What I have read about recovery, it's in its um, uh, genesis, I guess, human rights, civil rights were important, uh, including contexts, not considering mental health, a brain disease was important, but part of the criticism has been that recovery now is co-opted, that professionals decide what recovery might be. It has to be according to the guidelines that traditional mental health services uh, provide uh, so there seems to be, but I guess that's society in general. Uh, everything evolves. There are battles. You could argue that this is recovery. This is mental health. And different people have different stakes in that discussion or 
discourse or battle or whatever. Yeah, well, I guess I guess that um, at least one could argue that um, the <laughs> uh, the debates about the nature of recovery um, um, might not just um, uh, mirror uh, <laughs> the debates about uh, the disorder. It might also um, debate, evolve around the the question: How do we develop welfare services that actually ac uh, accurately and, and, and adequately and timely uh, provide services to people in ways that that the people find meaningful and helpful, etc. Um, and and to, so if you if you go into depth with that discussion, I suppose that um, the the reproductive forces of of psychiatry, um, where where patients are considered chronic and and lifelong need of services from the system, and the system continues to 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 legitimately make decisions about what the patient needs. Um, um, is is sort of under attack from the user um, from the user movement, from the survive, uh, critical survivor movement, from the recovery movement, and, and in that sense, you you can see that it's 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 a very broad um, discussion about why we even have psychiatry in contemporary society, um, and this is a very long and complex history. But but I guess it's 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 closely attached to the notion of mental health problems, um, although it, it might not solely reflect that question. And and just to get back to Slade's um, outline of recovery, um, which is um, which is at the centre of this sort of overarching debate about the development of welfare services, um, you you could argue that. Um, that clinical recovery is rooted in a sort of biomedical notion of the mental disorder, whereas personal recovery is is more uh, rooted in, in in part in existentialism um, from Nordic existentialism, Kierkegaard, for example, um, but also um, uh, attached or um, it also resonates well with Viktor Frankl's meaning-making theory. Um, and later developments from from the empowerment um, movement uh, that emphasizes uh, notions such as, such as citizenship and rights uh, etc so it's really recovery personal recovery has really become this concept that, that constantly constantly develops and adds new layers to the discussion um, and at least to me this makes it very difficult to pinpoint what it is and what it isn't, and how it differs from cl clinical recovery, which might seem a little more straightforward to many practitioners. And sometimes I have the impression that one thing is more things at the same times. So in an educational situation or a debate, making clear where you stand and what you perceive mental health to be would might be a good start then. Yes, I guess that if if we if we were to to reflect more systematically uh, in education and and frontline practices on the very notion of of, of mental health problems, um, 
or distress or whatever you might call it. I, I guess that um, it would be a good idea to actually consider the, 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 say, the open positions that you could take. And you, could, you can identify various positions in, in media, you can identify various positions in literature, you can identify various positions in, in formal theory in mental health. Uh, for example, the medical position, or a psychodynamic one, or a neurocognitive one, or a more sort of humanistic psychiatry, or let's say a more relational uh, approach. So there are so many different ways you can conceptualize uh, the very idea of, of, of mental health problems. Um, and I, I guess that would be a good starting point for a, a, a debate that attempts to actually uh, debate rather than close the debate. Yeah, because some people would argue that mental health isn't a brain disease. It's not even individual, it's relational. And that would be uh, pointing at a quite different direction than a biological view, I guess. Well, yeah, but but I, I and I, I guess that point, you, the point you're making is 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 a correct from a certain point of view. So I guess that one can make the observation that if 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 there's a characteristic or generic trait in the debate around the nature of mental health problems, uh, one would be that uh, we tend to judge one perspective perspective from the perspective of another um, and and at least theoretically theoretically that's not how things work you, you have to take your point of departure in the assumptions and perspective of the particular perspective to actually debate whether or not it's it's valid so say a psychiatrist a bio, biopsychiatric uh, psychiatrist wouldn't be able to make true judgments about um, a humanistic position uh, from the from the point of departure of medical psychiatry and vice versa. So, so it it it, it really requires uh, that we are quite advanced in our the theoretical understanding um, to actually go into uh, say more sort of democratic debates about the basic categories in mental health care. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Thank you.